Hey, everybody, and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. This is Katie. I'm here with my partner in crime and sister, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Oh, so good. So good. I love fall. I'm so yeah. I'm so all over this weather and just awesome. We have this little tree in front of our house that turns red in the fall. Mm-hmm. And it has started turning, so I know what that means. It's fall. I love it. Oh, wonderful. I love that too. Yeah, we're we're getting some pretty good frost. Things are really starting to leaves are starting to change and drop and yeah. yeah, it's good. Well, very good. Well, you guys, we have quite the show for you today. Why don't we? Yeah, we've been talking about our getting ready for our cemetery tour and we're still uh getting ready. That looks like it's going to happen in October. Yep. So we'll be doing a cemetery tour around, uh, you know, where we live. We live in Idaho and we'll be in some famous places to us <laughs> around Idaho. Uh, we'll, you know, visit a cemetery. We'll visit a specific grave and share it with you guys and talk about uh, that person's death or life or, you know, whatever reason that we felt compelled to share it. Mm-hmm. But in talking about that, we started talking about some of the more famous cemeteries around the world that yeah. are famous for, you know, all kinds of wild reasons, but uh, we decided to do a show where we shared a bunch of cemeteries and their histories, their paranormal uh, stuff, or, you know, there, there's lots of different reasons why we chose what we did, but. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, some of them, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm excited, this is going to be cool. Now we need to go on a world cemetery tour, I mean, oh come on. Gosh. We're yeah. going to need more patrons. We are. <laughs> so if you want to see that World Cemetery Tour, go become a patron over on Patreon. You can find us. We're True Crime Paranormal over there. Because <laughs> it's going to take a lot of support to be able to do that. But Oh, that my cool? gosh. Yeah. That would be cool. All right. Well, I'm going to kick us off. All right. Let's hear it. And this is, this is so wild. This is the Greyfriars Churchyard. Uh, cemetery in Edinburgh, Edinburgh. That's terrible. Scotland. I, that's probably not how you say that in a better Scottish brogue that I don't have. But Ooh, this is the uh, place I want to go so bad. I love. Oh Scotland. my goodness! I want to go to Scotland. It's a big bucket list item for me. Yes. So in 1637, in the Greyfriars Churchyard, Scots Presbyterians signed a national covenant with God. And embarked on a religious crusade against the South. You guys are probably, if you watch Outlander, you know that uh, there was a lot of warring that went on and a lot of uh, crushing of spirits in Scotland. Mm. I'm curious, though, did God like show up and sign? I mean, how do you sign a covenant with God? Right. Like a lightning bolt out of the sky. (laughs) And uh, why uh, God would sign a covenant to uh, basically commit genocide? I don't know, bro. I don't know. It's a little off here. Yeah. So it led to the English Civil War and the execution of King Charles I. But at any rate, within 50 years of the movement, um, what they were doing ended up being crushed by Charles II. And 1,200 survivors ended up imprisoned in a walled section of Greyfriars Cemetery. Considered to be a prison, uh, the Covenanters' prison, Ooh. but they were now, yeah. Anyway, they were 
held for months there in horrifying conditions where, you know, they were basically just being starved to death and abused horrifically and all of the things you can imagine, right? Mm -hmm. So many, many were executed just outside the cemetery wall. They were killed for absolutely no reason, you know? So, I mean, basically, and I think I kind of had this backwards thinking about, you know, that the Covenanters were trying to defend their country against the English, you know, mm -hmm. but at any rate, so they, they signed that pact with God. It seems like maybe it was a righteous one. Anyway, yeah, we'll move forward. <laughs> uh, a total of 18,000 Covenanters died due to their, oh, wow. um, they were the ones that were victims of genocide. At any rate, uh, most were put to death by the King's advocate, George McKenzie. Mm. You might have heard that name before, again, if you watch mm -hmm. or, you know, have an idea at all of Scottish history. But in 1691, Mackenzie was buried in Greyfriars, which is mm. very, uh, you know, interesting, considering that that's where so many of the, uh, you know, of the Covenanters died. Mm -hmm. You know, because of him, he died and was also buried there. Pretty interesting. But yeah. he was put in a great tomb. And that tomb was actually placed above an enormous underground room where thousands of bodies had been placed. Oh, gross. So they basically buried him so that he was still above them. Still yeah. bossing around. on top of, of many Ugh. victims. Yeah. Yikes. A lot of people say that his coffin moves. They also say that he can never find rest for the atrocities he committed. I mean, uh, in a way, he was kind of punished being, you know, like never being able to get away from all the people that he caused their deaths. True. true. Interesting. You could look at that in that way. way. Yes. Well, once upon a time now in 1999, a homeless man broke into George McKenzie's tomb and broke through his tomb into the floor and opened up that space where all of those other bodies are. Whoa. Interesting. And he desecrated the coffin. He disturbed that hidden room. And soon after, that's when a lot of stories about Greyfriars being haunted came from. And a lot of people believe that he released the spirit of George McKenzie mm -hmm. and that he now haunts that area. Lots of travelers who have visited there claim that they smelled a really weird, sickly sweet smell. And then many days later, after they had visited that cemetery, smelled it again right before they were attacked. Ooh. Yeah. Was he a diabetic? I don't know. That's an interesting question. Mm -hmm. I mean, this just is just because that kind of smell can come from uh, type one diabetics, particularly. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. Pretty interesting. So people have reported cold there that was painful to their flesh, which, you know, in the ghostly world, cold mm. you know, is an indication of paranormal activity or spirits, you know, the activity of, spirits so yeah, yeah. it's interesting um a lot of them have complained of or or mentioned hearing uh loud uh, raspy breathing noises mm. yeah and feeling like they were always being watched 
pretty interesting. Now is- there, you could once upon a time visit that prison yard as well as the cemetery. And that's where quite a bit of the paranormal activity was coming from. They thought was from the prison yard. And mm-hmm. so they did finally lock the gates to the prison yard. But it didn't uh, really slow down the paranormal activity. It kept going on and on. And it's still well, it turns out spirits, they uh, can get through locked gates. So yeah. didn't matter. So no. it has now become, they now call the hauntings there the Mackenzie Poltergeist. Mm. I mean, he was such a freaking terrible person in life. It's no big surprise that he would be a horrifying poltergeist in death, right? Right, right. But people still claim to this day that they smell that sickly smell there. And then days later, they are attacked by something spectral. And they believe it's the Mackenzie poltergeist. Wow. So that is a place that you may or may not want to visit. But, uh, <laughs> right. you know, it is the Greyfriars Churchyard uh, Cemetery in Scotland. Ah, interesting. Wow. Well, when I finally get to go to Scotland, I'm going there. Yeah, we're going to Scotland, by God. Yes, we are. Well, you know, I did our ancestry, and we have Scottish history. So we do. So we need to go there and find out. We have to go. Right. Yeah, we do. Yeah. All righty. Well, what you got? I've got the Highgate Cemetery in London, England. Ooh. So the Highgate was... Um, First opened in uh, 1839. Uh, it was going to become a for-profit cemetery. <laughs> what a terrible thing! Um, it wanted they wanted it to be one of London's most high-profile places to be buried. So it has like really beautiful funerary architecture. Um, it's really beautiful, but um, the kind of the idea of the for-profit cemetery kind of you know lost its appeal. <laughs> and the Highgate ended up being abandoned after a while. Okay. Um, because, you know, it kind of turns out that that's just gross as hell to think that you've got to pay extra money to be buried in the fancy cemetery. It's just yeah. really bizarre. So in the 70s, um, it became a place where there was a lot of trespassing, people breaking in and, um, you know, there were always rumors of people doing Satanism and occult activities. It was probably more like teenagers drinking beer and having sex, but, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it, it always has to turn into Satanism, right? Um, but but at that time, people started seeing a floating man in a Victorian suit and top hat who would glide through the cemetery. Uh, then, about that time, people started seeing a figure with burning red eyes in the cemetery, and people thought it was a vampire. And so, there were actual vampire hunts going on oh. to check that out. Um, you know to see if there really was a vampire there. Wow. Yeah. Um, today there are still vampire sightings in, in the Highgate and around it uh, that where they see a, a man with red eyes that is somewhat, some people would describe him as having a hypnotic gaze. And oh. that is the Highgate vampire. So if you ever want to, you know, meet a vampire, just go to the Highgate cemetery in London and you can. I shall. Yeah. What a thing, you know, that uh, for-profit cemeteries didn't really work. And really take off. Wasn't the thing. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, that's because when great uncle Edmund died, 
his nieces and nephews wanted all of his money. They didn't want to pay an exorbitant him in the best cemetery. Bury him in the best cemetery. They didn't care. Yeah. Ah, that is gross. Yeah. <laughs> Super gross. All right. Well, this is the St. Louis Cemetery number one. Ah, okay. Um, there are actually three, but St. Louis Cemetery number one has quite the history of hauntings. Uh, the most famous one is uh, Marie Louveau, the voodoo mm. queen. Oh, okay. Yes, I have heard of. Now, because New Orleans water table is so high, they don't have underground burials, at right. least in this area. They're all above ground. So the entire cemetery is above ground vaults and sepulchers and things like that. Right. And so Marie Laveau, of course, is no different. But there has been a long-standing belief that if you draw three X's and leave her an offering on her vault and, and then leave her an offering, that she will grant you a wish. Mm. And to this day, people go to see Marie Laveau and leave her an offering so that she will grant them a wish. Wow. And lots and lots and lots of people have reported seeing a spectral version of Marie Laveau wandering around, uh, checking out all of her exes and, uh, you know, all of her uh, exes by meaning the marks on her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not all of her exes buried there. Yeah. All of her Texas exes live in Texas. No, none of that. But anyway, yeah, now people's marks and all of the offerings that people have left for her. So that is the, you know, the more famous one, Marie Laveau. And there's, if you ever you know, want an interesting uh, afternoon. Research Marie Laveau is very interesting. The life she had, the lore around her, really interesting stuff. But I will let you work on that. She always wore a white turban on her head. She always wore brightly colored clothing, long skirts, and a white turban on her head. And that's how she's mm -hmm. still seen in that cemetery. Mm -hmm. But there are a bunch of other people. Henry Vignet. Also, and this is a sad tale. He was a sailor that didn't really have a home to uh, speak of until he fell in love with New Orleans and he was living in a boarding house there. And he actually was very anxious to buy a plot in uh, cemetery number one. He was really worried about uh, having all of his belongings together in case of his death and so he had trusted the proprietor of the boarding house that he lived in because he was always going off to sea and then coming back and he didn't so he didn't really have a home and he didn't have a family so he trusted the proprietor to hold on to his precious papers which partly were his plot in cemetery number one and the proprietor had promised to do so but he was not uh, trustworthy. And at one point, mm -hmm, the proprietor, so once at one point, Henry was off at sea and the proprietor sold his plot in cemetery number one off to the highest bidder. Yeah. <laughs> Henry got back from sea. I think you've got to be pretty desperate in life if that's right. what you're doing. Who is this guy? So he comes back from sea and he's, he's quite ill and he dies and he you know basically all of the wealth that he had and all the paperwork that he had had been stolen by the proprietor it wasn't just the vault it was everything else that he had as well 
Mm-hmm. And so he was buried there in the paupers section of the cemetery rather than in the 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 nice vault that he had purchased for himself. But they mm-hmm. say that he wanders around. He was blue-eyed, had striking blue eyes, and that a blue-eyed man still wanders around the vault that should have been his. Oh, wow. Day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that there's many others. So if you're interested in a pretty, uh, a very interesting cemetery, do a little research on the New Orleans Cemetery Number 1, because there's yeah. quite a few other hauntings that go on there very regularly. That is wild. Mm-hmm. I will check it out. Well, poor Henry. I know. That's really sad. He was trying to do his due diligence. Yes. I mean, I. it's a weird thing to be so obsessed with. Yeah, except for that he didn't have any family. And Mm -hmm. so he was just, I think, trying to, uh, you know, make sure that his final expenses were taken care of. But, uh, you know, some asshat ruined that for him. But yeah. Wow. Okay. So let me tell you about my next one. Okay. This is the Union Cemetery in Eastern Connecticut. Okay. So this cemetery is about 400 years old. And it is believed to be so haunted that a lot of paranormal investigators have investigated the Union Cemetery. And there's even a book by um, Ed and Lorraine Warren called Graveyard on what they've found. So the most well-known spirit in this um, cemetery is that of a woman in white. Why is it always a woman in white, right? Yeah. Um, she has been spotted on camera and with the naked eye. So lots of people it's have because the women in blue are kind of invisible. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It's easier to see the white ones. I, I don't know. I don't know. Women um, in white and men in top hats. Yes. Are really yes. common haunting stories. Hats. Yeah. So, true. Uh, so she has a tendency to show up um, in front of oncoming cars. She likes to startle drivers and uh, scare people. And um, hang on. Sorry. I just lost my spot. So that's kind of her thing. Um, There is also someone known, and here's the other thing people always see in in cemeteries, red eyes. Yeah. Uh, So there's a a ghost in this cemetery called Red Eyes, who uh, is very scary. She's very, the woman in white is very calm. And although she startles people by kind of, you know, startling them while they're driving. Red eyes. Wasn't there a woman who was hit and killed by a car near there? I think so. And people think that was her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. But they're not totally sure, but I want to check out the book called Graveyard because it will tell us more about the Union Cemetery. But it's definitely one where people have had many experiences and where so many people have seen the woman in white with the naked eye. And there are lots of photos of her, too. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. For sure. Okay, well, are you all familiar with the Stoll Cemetery? No. If you have ever watched or did watch, uh, just barely wrapped up, but uh, Supernatural, there, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, Stoll Cemetery, and actually wasn't filmed at this cemetery, but the name Stoll and the uh, idea of the Stoll Cemetery was uh, where the uh, this big reckoning happened at some point in this show in Supernatural. Oh. But at any rate, uh, this cemetery has all kinds of um, bad energy. First of all, there is the ruins of a church next door or kind of, you know, the cemetery is, you know, attached to the church. Mm -hmm. Uh, The church was built 
because there had been a local pastor who was stabbed to death in his barn by an unknown assailant. And after that, there was a bunch of scary paranormal stuff going on in this town in the 1800s. And so they chose to build a church out of the barn. So they used the barn as the basis to build this little church in his honor, trying to bring God back to the area because it seemed as though, you know, Things shit had gotten real there, right? Well, the church uh, eventually was abandoned and fell into ruins, as did most of the Stoll Cemetery. Most of the uh, graves there are extremely old. Mm. But there is a lot of lore there that this is where Satan walks. Mm. There are lots of stories about... Does he uh, have red eyes? Because if so, I think he's in a couple of other cemeteries too. <laughs> I don't know about red eyes, but there is also a tall pine tree that uh, split a headstone from the six or from the 1800s. Oh, wow. There are lots of rumors that that tree uh, in the early 1900s was a place where witches were hung. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So anyway, Thrill seekers come and visit this cemetery in droves and they come around Halloween, even though it's actually been proven that some of the urban legends, there's an urban legend that on the Halloween night that there is a staircase that opens up in the Stoll Cemetery. And if you find it and walk down it, you'll walk directly into hell. And Ooh, it's hard now, well, yeah, <laughs> it's now been proven that that was an urban legend that was created by a professor at a local college in the 70s just to scare his students and uh, you know, people <laughs> believed it. So it seems as though, no, <laughs> there might not be a stairway to hell there after all, but there well, is a lot of bad energy around it. And people that visit this place claim to see all kinds of uh, spectral stuff. They feel things, they smell a weird sulfuric kind of smell mm -hmm. and feel like they're being grabbed by uh, their ankles. So, wow. Visit the Stoll Cemetery or definitely don't. I don't even <laughs> want to go there, but you know. <laughs> I don't know. Sounds pretty cool. I, I'm not taking the stairs, yeah. but other than it's, that, it's I, in I Kansas, know. by the way. I don't know if I made that clear. It's actually oh, it's in Kansas. Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. The Stoll Cemetery. Cool. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me move you a ways out of Kansas to the Ayama Cemetery in Tokyo, Japan. Now, this is, um, interestingly, it is kind of in the middle of the city. And it's really famous for its uh, beautiful cherry blossoms in the spring. And so it's not necessarily a place you'd initially feel like might be uh, haunted. But it is actually the very first public cemetery in Japan. So it's been okay. around a long time. Yes. And there are a lot of famous people buried here but one of the really famous graves here is of Hachiko who is a dog uh Hachiko where he waited dutifully every day for nine years for his master um after he died uh who would never return so he wow. has a memorial statue in in uh the cemetery there are a bunch of stories that come out of this cemetery that are really interesting one of them is the ghost taxis so local taxi drivers report people 
um, hailing passengers, hailing a taxi. They get in, they say, say they want to go to the Ioma cemetery or Ayama cemetery. Uh, but when they arrive, there's no one in the back seat. Ooh. And they're, you know, that's been reported many times. Mm-hmm. It's also wow. reported that people see a group of uh, samurai warriors who haunt wow. this cemetery. And wow. these warriors died before they were able to honor their family name. So, because they are refusing to die in shame, their souls remain cursed to guard the Ayama Cemetery until their honor can be restored. Wow. So, very interesting. It would be an interesting place to visit. Yeah, definitely. The, the ghost taxis, that cracks me up. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It, you know, are the taxi drivers like, Jesus, again? Again. Well, here's another fare I'm not collecting. Right. Because <laughs> the dead never pay. Yeah. yeah. And they definitely don't tip. (laughs) No tips, nothing. That's interesting. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you about the Western, Old Western Burial Ground. Now, by that name, you might think this is out West. Right. Nay, nay. Mm. This is in Maryland. Oh, well, is it in Western Maryland? (laughs) I'm assuming so. It's also known as the Presbyterian Churchyard. It is nestled just below Westminster Hall. Okay. This is the burial place of the one and only Edgar Allan Poe. Ooh, okay. I'm in already. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, you know, Edgar Allan Poe, his, we could do a whole show on his life and death, but, uh, yeah, you know, his death was actually unexplained. Yep. Still yeah. unexplained. A lot of people think that he committed suicide, but he actually did not, or there's no proof that he did, you know, but, but he had syphilis and he was a heavy drinker and there was a lot of stuff wrong. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't particularly, you know, healthy, but Uh, no, after he died on the date of his death for many, many, many years, people reported seeing a figure all in black with a veiled face placing one red rose on his grave that went on up into the nineties. Maybe it was Annabelle Lee. And then it stopped. Really? Yeah. But a lot of people claim to see a spectral uh, Edgar Allan Poe wandering around that cemetery at various times of the evening and dusk hours. You would think of all people. He would definitely be a ghost, right? That would definitely be like game plan. Yeah, definitely be doing some haunting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you know, people do, but they have also, you know, for many years thought that that uh, person all in black coming to put the uh, the rose down maybe was actually an apparition as well. Mm-hmm. At any rate, it seems that no one ever really knew who he was or who that person was. Sorry, everyone knew who Pope was, but anyway. But there's something else in the cemetery that is really, really interesting. It Mm. is the Skull of Cambridge. Mm. So the Skull of Cambridge, the lore is that it's buried in this graveyard. The Skull of Cambridge was the head, the decapitated head of a murdered minister. Oh, wow. uh, Back in the 1800s. And the head never quit screaming. Oh, yikes. So they say when they found the body, its mouth was wide open, uh, the head severed from the body, but the mouth of the head was wide open and was shrieking. 
and that uh, they were unable to make it stop and finally actually encapsulated the skull in a, a slab of cement to try to shut it up. But visitors, and then they buried it here in, uh, in the cemetery. Mm-hmm. It is said that people still to this day sometimes hear disembodied shrieking and screaming in that cemetery, and they believe it is coming from the skull of Cambridge. Wow. It screams at all times of the day and night. And some people have been so severely frightened by hearing that screaming that they required psychiatric care. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Apparently, it's some scary stuff. It sounds like it. That is one mad minister. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Though I've tried to get more information on who he was, why he got murdered, like what? Nothing. Mm. Maybe a better researcher than me can find it. But uh, as of late, I have no reason why that happens. But Or, or you know, who he was. But Yeah. Well, that's super interesting, though. I would love to go see Edgar Allan Poe's grave. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. Bring it on. And then just maybe you'll hear the skull of Cambridge. Maybe. A big yelp. Yeah. 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 Pretty interesting. All right. Okay. Well, next I have Lenoria Cemetery. And Lenoria is in Chile, the country of Chile. Mm-hmm. Um, it was founded in 1872 in one of Chile's most notorious mining towns. So oh, this wow. this is a place that has a really dark history of forced labor and slavery. So in the 1960s, the mining business had kind of settled down and the town was left abandoned um, by, by the living. But many of the graves in that cemetery were left open and the remains of the deceased left visible for all to see. I think it was a threat. So like they had this forced labor and slavery. So they'd leave these graves open so that people could see like, this is what's going to happen to you if you don't, you know, fall in line and keep digging. Really scary. Um, It's believed that the dead rise from their graves every night. Mm -hmm. Um, People hear disembodied voices and screams and sounds of footsteps when no one is around. That's kind of on the north side of the town. On the south side of the town, people see spirits wandering the streets and local residents of the nearby towns are so terrified that they will not step foot in Lenoria day or night. And so it really is always empty except for tourists because the locals will not go anywhere near this place. Wow. I know. Really interesting. Kind of makes me want to go there. <laughs> I know. I know. Me too. Me too. I know. Most of the ones that are like, definitely don't come here. I'm like, oh, I'm coming. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll be right With over. bells on. I'm on my way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if the locals are scared of this place, I'll be right there. Except for the Stoll Cemetery. That one just doesn't draw to me at all. But uh-huh. most of them, hells yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just very interesting. But the, the way that people were killed there and then the way they left yeah. their graves open so that they Ooh. can see their bodies decomposing and kind of like, hey, you better follow you know, fall in line or this is going to be you, you know? That is so horrible. Gross. It's horrifying. Scary. Yeah, that is horrifying. Yeah. Totally. Ugh. Mm. All right. Well, my last one to present is in Ireland. Ooh. This is the Mount Jerome Cemetery in Dublin. And it is, it's actually a very cool cemetery that is full of statuary and graves. And it's one of those ones that you would want more than one day, you know, to be able to make it through the whole thing. It's absolutely Mm -hmm. stunning. But the cool thing or the interesting thing here is there was 
a man named William Weir who had a dog that was his pride and joy named Caesar. And he left his clothes on the beach and went swimming off the coast of Wicklow. And Caesar sat with his clothes and Weir never came back. He drowned. Oh, boy. And his body finally did wash up. But for days, Caesar stood on those clothes, refusing to move from that spot. Mm. And eventually, his body did surface. He was one of the more wealthy uh, people that lived there. And so his family, uh, they did bury him in a vault there. And Mm. they put a carved stone dog on top of it. for Caesar. Caesar actually died shortly after Weir did. Oh, wow. Yeah, he wouldn't eat. He wouldn't drink. He basically just died of a broken heart. So Mm -hmm. when they placed this monument, they placed a carving of the dog there on top Mm -hmm. of his his tomb. Anyway, uh, people have been reporting from the time that was placed to now that they frequently see this dog running through running around the cemetery wow especially in the evenings just running around spending time around uh weir's grave or his tomb and also just kind of frolicking around through there that lots of people have had encounters with caesar just chilling in the cemetery wow that's cool Mm -hmm. that's very cool lots of other reports of hauntings in the cemetery as well but frankly i felt like caesar deserved to uh, take the stage right yeah. Very interesting. Poor little Caesar. Yeah. Poor guy. Died of a broken heart. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Well, have you got one more for us? I have got a humdinger for you. Okay. A humdinger. This is Lake Lanier in Georgia. Now, you may be wondering why I'm talking about a lake when we're talking about haunted cemeteries. But let me tell you. Lake Lanier is a man-made lake. I'm where this is going. Yep. Okay. Didn't used to be a lake. It is in North Georgia, 60 miles from Atlanta. And it has 600 miles of shoreline. It's huge. Okay. So basically when they went to make this lake, they had to move all these towns and they had to supposedly move all these cemeteries, although it has now been discovered that a lot of those cemeteries did not get moved. The the, mm. the uh, government, in the state government in Georgia said that they were going to move all of the cemeteries, move all the bodies, you know, mm-hmm. so that they would be not covered by the lake. Um, but divers have discovered fully intact cemeteries under the water, like headstones, headstones with like stone um, flower pots next to them. I mean, all the stuff that you would see Mm -hmm. in the cemetery under the water. Divers have found them. Oh my God. So they didn't move a huge number of these bodies. Now here's the thing with Lake Lanier. Lake Lanier uh, really likes to kill people. So um, people do think that it is haunted. One of the reasons that they think it is haunted is that Lake Lanier has a really high accidental death rate in the state of Georgia, like way higher than any other body of water there. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to find the number of people 
uh, that have been killed there. It's tons. It's hundreds and hundreds of people that have been killed. Wow. In this lake. Wow. And, oh, 675 people have died in the lake, and not all of their bodies have been found. Wow. How convenient. Right. How convenient, right? Now, there's a cemetery downstairs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, they're just automatically uh, buried. It's so weird. And, you know, people have been really angry finding out that um, the that not all the cemeteries were moved because they just lied to people's families. Right. They didn't I, they did move some of them, but they didn't move them all. Um, wow. Yeah. So it, it's a really famous place. People go there uh, recreationally a lot, mm -hmm. but some people won't go anywhere near it because of this. Mm -hmm. It was built in 1957 by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, and it was created manage navigation and flood control from the Chattahoochee River and to supply water for residents of the city of Atlanta. So, you know, Ew. I know oh, yeah. my God. The other part here, um, all those bodies, I, I really wondered, like, have they tested like the levels of formaldehyde and stuff like that in the water? It makes you wonder, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, it took five years to fill the lake up to its intended water level. And um, the government had to purchase 50,000 acres of farmland to build it, which displaced 250 families, 15 businesses, and relocated supposedly 20 cemeteries along with their corpses in the process. Except that they didn't. They didn't relocate a lot of them. They're there. They're that there. The monuments are there. Everything is there under the water. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, and people have all kinds of you know, people get killed on Lake Lanier um, at a much higher rate than other, than other bodies of water in Georgia, and people have all kinds of experiences with ghosts on the shores of the lake. That is a very, um, a very common experience for people to see people on the lake on the shores of the lake that aren't really there, and you know, there's a lot of that. Some people say that they. Um, in the water, they sometimes will feel an arm or leg that doesn't move. Ah, yeah. That seems like your worst nightmare. Uh, yeah, 100%. When we were kids, yeah, we couldn't go swimming in any lake anywhere that Christy wasn't certain that she was about to step on a dead body. I know. I, that I a shark had that Isn't that weird? Her. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Even though dead bodies in the water and sharks. And full disclosure, never experienced a dead body in the water or a shark. No, nope. but terrified of both. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. But people say that they feel things. They see things. There are stories about people who are killed in the lake who, you know, seem to haunt the, the shore of the lake where they were killed. Mm -hmm. Really, um, There's tons and tons of stories about wow. Lake Lanier, but there's been a lot of research being done on Lake Lanier recently. Mm -hmm. That's really bringing to light the fact that they really didn't do what they said they were going to do. And I mean, it's under the water, so they're horrifying like, to think that they would just do that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's Ooh. terrible. Yeah. So are, are they being sued like right and left? No. I mean, it was so long ago. It was in 57. So it was a really long time ago. And so, um, you know, you're talking about several generations from the people who were supposedly buried there. But that is something. It is. Yeah. 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 But I, I actually watched a documentary about Lake Lanier and there's footage of, of people diving underneath and with, and have video footage of the cemeteries that are still under there and their, mm -hmm. and their headstones and monuments and stuff. And you can't tell me they moved the bodies and left the monuments. Why would they do that? 
They right. didn't. They just didn't yeah. move anything. Yeah. And maybe they did move some of them, but they didn't move them all. Well, I mean, if you're moving the body, you should also be required to move the monument, you know, right. so their families could find them. Know where their family yeah. members are. Yeah. Yeah, you would think. So it is mm. a very interesting place, but it is people have all kinds of supernatural experiences there. Yeah. And then just all the deaths, all the drownings on the water where bodies are not ever found. And Ooh, that's a, just really terrible. Yeah. It's, it's this is a place I don't want to go. I'm, I'm yeah. I don't need to visit Lake Lanier. Yeah. Probably not going to be diving and definitely not going to be diving. And also, yeah, no, I wouldn't go to Lake Lanier. I would not, if I lived in Georgia, I would not recreate on Lake Lanier. Um, not because of fear of death, but maybe a little, but mostly <laughs> out of principle, you know, yeah. be like, no, you take that lake and shove it. Cause I'm not yeah. even, yeah. even lying in this community. Yeah. Well, and, and that the footage of the divers finding, um, the headstones under the water. It is the most eerie thing I've ever seen. That's the scariest cemetery I have ever seen. Yeah. Especially it because it was done on purpose. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are cemeteries, you know, throughout history that have been found that were, you know, natural disasters, you know, or you know, right. reasons, but, but this was intentional. This was intentional. That is just unthinkable. Well, wow. you know, you think about if these were the, the cemeteries where the poor people were buried. Yeah. They just didn't care. I would, I would be willing to bet that it's something like that. Yeah. Well, especially because this was rural. Yeah. Right. So this was just this yeah. farm, farming communities and yep. yeah. farming communities in, in Georgia. Yeah. It's awful. But if you're drinking the water in Atlanta, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. you might want to get a filter. I'm just saying. All righty. Well, that's what we've got for yeah. cemeteries uh, across the world. There's so many more, but oh, yeah. those were some that jumped out at us as ones that you guys might want to hear about and that we wanted to learn more about too. So, you know, of course, our cemetery tour will be coming in October. So that will hopefully this will stave you off for a minute, but yeah. <laughs> not me. I'm right. I'm diving right back in. But mm -hmm. I know it's it, really interesting stuff. Yeah. So we'll be back uh, likely Wednesday night with a live. That's kind of become our tradition lately is doing a mm -hmm. live stream on Wednesdays. And we're live streaming now from YouTube, from True Crime Paranormal on YouTube and True Crime Paranormal on Facebook. So you can find us either yep. way. That's a fun time to come. If there's lots of, you know, movement in some of the cases that we're covering, we'll report on that. If there's not, we'll just bring a case. Yep. So that's what we're doing. And of course, uh, we're on Patreon, True Crime Paranormal. If you want to support our efforts there, we appreciate it. Please like, comment, share if you feel drawn. Those things help us a lot. And mostly just come play with us. We just love yeah. having you guys here. This is, we sure uh, do. we're just having a lot of fun. Yeah. Yes, we are. Yeah. All righty. Well, you guys take care. Have a good uh, day, night, evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Don't go to Lake Lanier and yeah. <laughs> drink the water in Atlanta. <laughs> Don't do those things. You'll be, you'll thank us. Anyway, guys, this has been True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Have a good day. Bye. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower.
True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.